0: everybody what is up welcome to spot fest this is a solo episode we have no Travis he moved up to Philly from Orlando and just has not had time to watch wrestling if you're one of those people that thinks Travis talks over me way too much this is the episode for you we're also gonna get into a couple little niche things such as Dragon Gate but to be honest I mostly just watch Best of Super Juniors this week but I am gonna bring up some Dragon Gate too I know Travis is probably listening to this show right now super scared that i'm gonna say something crazy off the wall so no one listens anymore so i need as many people as possible to even give a slight listen to this episode because it would be hilarious if this episode gets more listens than other ones that have both of us and again no travis what could be better i'm not crying inside about the fact that he moved up i don't miss him constantly anyways on to the show So, what we're going to do this week is, like I said, we're going to start off with Dragon Gate. And the reason I want to start off with Dragon Gate is, I think that there is currently a storyline going on in Dragon Gate that is the best storyline in all of wrestling. I don't think anywhere is close to this. Every other company is miles behind this angle. And this angle is the Shun Skywalker angle. So, To explain this, we got to get into, I think, the first of two matches I recommend watching from them that actually happened pretty recently. The first one was May 6th, the second one was on May 9th. On May 6th, Dragon Gate did their annual Dead or Alive Cage match, and if you've never watched one of these matches, it is wacky madness. Basically, there's always five or six people. It depends on kind of the stipulation that happens that year. It's normally hair versus hair or hair versus mask however it works out this year was a little different but what happens is as it goes down it's single elimination and then it's left with two people but what is really wacky about this is Dragon Gate is kind of divided into all these different factions so one faction head is basically in the match of each one that's why the number of them kind of vary depending on the year and what made this one so much fun was they put this extra stipulation in that if you escape, you can kick someone out if you'd like, but you can decline, but the loser must kick someone out. And when you think of that, you're like, okay, it's a cage match. There's a couple things, but no, they do this crazy stuff where it is this big, long cage that takes them a really, really long time to kind of get up and to construct. And people actually from the other factions will climb up and throw things like Silly String. Uh, Someone threw a glass of water at one point. They had these really long like punching gloves on a stick where they're trying to knock people down on. And it's just genuinely a blast. Uh, There wasn't too many people who got kicked out of factions or things like that. Uh, There's two really main ones of note. Now the first one is one of the most... I want to say heart-wrenching things I've watched in wrestling. I know it's going a little far, but it was legitimately uncomfortable, which was the faction of RED, which or RED, which is Pac's current faction, even though he's not always there. They've been running the storyline with three different members uh, that is centered around Ida kind of being just an absolute piece of shit. So, Benkei, who was in this match, he was... Oh my god, I hope it's Ben Benkei who's in the match. I get these names mixed up fairly often. Dragon Gate is a newer property to me, I will say that right off the bat, so if I mix some names up, I am genuinely sorry, but I know at least the last two I really want to talk about, I'm not gonna kinda, you know, mess up. But what, uh, what ends up happening is, is this just absolute beatdown happens. Of someone getting kicked out, and it just becomes this craziness. But that's not the storyline I want to talk about. Storyline I want to talk about is Shun Skywalker. Shun Skywalker jumped into Dragon Gate when he came back under this mask, and just kind of had this little aura about him. He used to go by Shun Wantanabe and he just he had this aura of you knew there was something special there he started doing these really cool high flying moves and he really started just changing his game up completely and then finally he linked up with mochizuki probably saying that wrong again can't wait to hear about that from other people But he linked up with him and Mochizuki started his own faction called Mochizuki Dojo. And the idea was he was going to train, basically think of their young lions or their young guys to become stars. And Shun is the obvious standout of this. He had a great match back in March against Pac. Uh, He actually went to AJPW in a tag tournament with Mochizuki and had some great matches over there. And what happened at the end of Dead or Alive was Shun decided to kick himself out of Mochizuki Dojo. And this is what led to, and I know I've been saying this every week, there tends to be a new one, but this is what led to my current match of the year. Because what happened was, is Mochizuki was pissed. Basically, the idea of Mochizuki do, um mochizuki dojo the idea behind it was you can kind of come and go as you please and he's there to help but if you want to go out on your own feel free to do that so mochizuki felt disrespected that shun took that big moment to kick himself out when he could have just left and the idea of that is when you see these people climbing the side of the cage they could get hurt as well so it's understandable where he's coming from but you understand where shun is coming from because shun basically is saying i don't want anything to do with this anymore I want to be out of here and become my own person I think I'm above being in this group now so what happened was is on March 9th and this is kind of getting into our second match during their um, King of Gate show because they run a tournament right now too it's a little harder to watch so I don't know how much I'll be talking about it it's kind of hard to find Dragon Gate isn't super easy as it is but Shun got to wrestle Mochizuki with three days after being eliminated and I think the term hard hitting or blood feud gets used far too much, but I truly have not seen a match recently that made me feel like two people really wanted to kill each other. And at the point, it was Shun wanted to prove to Mochizuki that he made the right decision and that he is above him and he is above working with him. And Mochizuki wanted to make him pay for basically just disrespecting him and disrespecting all the other people. This match is back and forth, where Mochizuki's out and just hammering Shun with some kicks, hammering him with every move, and every single move he did just had, to use a terrible MMA analogy that they love to use, bad intentions. It looked like there was this little bit extra on every single move, be it some sort of avalanche they did at one point, and Shun just kept taking everything he took and just slowly was a step ahead, step ahead, step ahead and then finally beats him. And what makes this story so great to me is that at the end of this, Shun cuts a a promo where he apologizes for leaving the way he did, but he thought it was the necessary step he needed to take and that Mochizuki would understand. And Mochizuki again reminded him of kind of the rules of everything going through. And he said, he could have just quit. We could have done this match and we didn't have to do all this crazy cage match. People could have got hurt. And at the end, he says that he wasn't mad that he was beat because now he's going to train people to beat Shun and that he's a great rival now for that dojo. So although Shun is without a faction right now or a stable, he himself now has this great storyline where he's going to wrestle these Mochizuki dojo people and they all want blood. They all want him. And for me, it was just I can't even understand the language they're speaking, obviously I speak English and that's about it, and you could just feel it was a great job by everyone all around, and it's just a really cool kind of longer term storyline that can go even longer, and Shun is someone who when I heard about the Visa issues with Dragon Gate happening, I was so bummed out because I truly think he is as good as anyone else that has blown up through Dragon Gate, be it I don't want it, not yet. Granted, he does have an upside, so he's not on the level of like a ricochet or a tazawa or someone like that. but he is really someone that I think could be a bandito breakout within a year or so. i he just has this aura about him. His moves are so crisp for being someone relatively new still. and if for any reason I can try to convince you to watch Dragon Gate, I think it's to watch a Shun Skywalker match. Like I said, his match against Pac was great. He had a really good match against UT recently too. Or I don't know how recent that was. I think that was actually like the end of last year. But another great, great match. And I think this is one to... Ab- the Shun Skywalker Mochizuki absolutely go out of your way to see it i can't think of any match i'm gonna recommend that i think you should see more it just had shun with this never say die spirit mochizuki just going through hit after hit because he is someone who's been doing it for a long time and has a vast arsenal and just couldn't figure out a way to get shun to just stay down and it was an amazing work all around by both wrestlers to just absolutely make me so entranced with the match and so much more into Dragon Gate. And like I said before, I'm not someone who's been watching Dragon Gate forever. When Shingo came over to New Japan, I watched some of his matches. I, I know I watched some DG USA back in the day, but I was never super into them. And it was really Puck who got me to finally sit and watch some matches in Dragon Gate. And I've been following them pretty much since he came back. And I think it's a great time to pick that company back up. The best way I can put it is a lot of their matches look like another company's match but fast forwarded it has this extra little tilt to it and i know it was mentioned by i don't know if it was caprice or kevin kelly mentioned it during the best of the super juniors with shingo but there's just this level of speed that all of these wrestle wrestlers have and it is just it's something else to watch especially their matches that are they'll do like a trios match or a tag match those are really crazy to watch because there's just so many people going at such a fast speed that it is just so much fun to watch so again i think this is the time to buy in on dragon gate i think start with dead or alive follow this king of gate as much as you can and really this is the time I think Pac is going to have a very big match on Double or Nothing, which I think is not this weekend, next weekend, and I'm really hoping that brings some more eyes over. I, I know people talk about Dragon Gate like it's a mythical thing sometimes, but it's not too hard to watch, and they kill it with stories, man. Like, the whole stable aspect is just so much fun to watch, and it just adds, like, a little extra layer and some good storytelling, which I think sometimes can be missing in wrestling. I love a good match, but I also I want a story. I want you to sell me on why I'm watching this. But from there, I'm gonna be hundred percent honest with you. I'm gonna go right into best of the Super Juniors. This is almost all I've watched. Uh, there have been four shows since I think they started on Monday. today is Thursday. I actually missed today's show, which was the Thursday show, unfortunately. It airs at like 8 a.m. and I didn't have time to watch it. I wanted to make sure we got this podcast out because, I don't know. I think it's one of those things where we're trying to nail down. I want something to be out there weekly because I think, why not? Me and Travis have the time. We watch the wrestling normally. This week is a little different from him. And, you know, it's... I want people to maybe watch a couple matches you wouldn't have watched, and I think Best of the Super Juniors is a great example of that, because what normally, and I know I've done this before too, I wait to kind of see the matches people say to watch, and then I go back and watch them. But what happens is, is a lot of the times the matches that are recommended are your main event, or your semi-main event, which, I mean, those are the people we know are going to kill it no matter what for the most part, um, I, I'm i going to talk about that a little bit later, kind of what I think about a couple of these main events, um, but I'm going to go over the three shows, and I know we normally bounce around and do like a couple matches, I'm going to go through the matches that aren't the main event, aren't the semi-main, that I think on this tournament you should watch, there's definitely been a couple that have not shown well, but for the most part, They've all been pretty good. I think what I tend to do on these tours is I tend to just watch those tournament matches and that's all I've done so far. I want to go back and watch these other ones, especially seeing Brody King over there is a really cool thing to see, but I, it's really hard when you've got four three-hour shows in a week and they air at 8 a.m. But anyways, so we're going to start and we're just going to kind of go... Down the list of the couple unsung matches of each show, and this is the May 13th Best of the Super Juniors. And this one started with a match that, right off the bat, I think people are going to skip, and I think was an absolute blast. That match is Tiger Mask versus Taka Michinoku. Now Taka, legend, been around forever. Tiger Mask, legend, also been around forever. So you think, yeah, sure, they should have a good match. It. Exceeded my expectations by such a level. I can't even put into words the grappling exchanges um, Just the fight in both of them kind of similar to Shun that never say die attitude in the fight between them It was a great quick back-and-forth match. I think it only lasted. It's like 10 or 11 minutes It's definitely one to go out of your way for I do think this next match on this list was a little bit better and that match is Kanamaru versus Titan now We mentioned on that first episode, I love Lucha Libre. It is something that I kind of got into randomly. Uh, It was... I've just always loved masked wrestlers, how I got into wrestling. Um, Liger was a great example of that, even though he's not from Mexico. But I've always loved the mystique that masked wrestlers have, and that just kind of made me kind of look towards that Mexican style and look towards Lucha Libre in general. Titan is someone who I think... CMLL has been a little underrated because he he isn't your big name. He isn't your Caristico. He isn't your Dragon Lee. He isn't your Rouge. He isn't your Ultimo Guerrero who's been around forever. He is a younger name. I believe he's like 24, 25, so he's not super old either. Maybe I have that age wrong, but I know he's not in his 30s. This match from the jump was amazing. Uh, this was one of my favorites of all of the ones I've watched, and I will say Titan in general has just done an amazing job on the two matches I've seen of his so far. And I think he, because they're Block A, so he actually has only had two matches so far. But um, this match against Kanemaru just starts off with Kanemaru's normal bullshit of just attacking Titan. Titan still has his jacket on, and he's flailing around, and then Titan just starts bouncing all over the place, and it just becomes this back-and-forth clash of styles of Titan's kind of high-flying, but a little bit of grappling that you wouldn't expect from him with Kanemaru's kind of, you know, rough neck, what he's known for, with a little bit of dirty tactics here and there. And realistically, at times, you don't know who's going to win. And then Titan just happens to get that pin. And man, it felt great. I was excited. This was one that got me to kind of stand up. And I was I was real happy with this match. I, I wanted Titan to do great in this tournament and it just made me feel good to see that first match that he did was just so much fun Um, and to be honest those were the only two that i was super into that wasn't the main or semi-main shingo versus show absolutely was a great match you're gonna hear people talk about that match everywhere so i don't want to get super into it uh ishimori versus dragon lee I didn't think it was as good as their other match they had recently. It was a bunch shorter too and it kind of suffered because it went after Shingo and Show, and Shingo and Show was the absolute show stealer. I mean this match it, Shingo and Show, people thought was going to be the finals. So the fact that it happened on the first night was great. Um, I definitely can say and um, I'm sure Travis might get mad about this. Other people might. I'm not the biggest Ishimori fan. I don't think he's a bad wrestler. I just think they have so much better than him, and they've used him a whole lot, and I don't truly understand, I don't understand it as much, especially when you get people in recently that I think are kind of just better versions of him, but, you know, it's all subjective, and I still think that's a match worth watching, just, it wasn't as great as I was kind of expecting it to be, or even as good as their last match. Now, one match from the second show, so we're going to move on to the... 14th May 14th show and that match absolutely had a match that actually surprised me I was genuinely shocked when I watched this match because I like both wrestlers but I didn't expect this from both wrestlers and this match was Robbie Eagles versus Rocky Romero now this match again like I said Rocky I'm a big defender of I think he has sneaky good matches and a lot of people say things like oh he's past his prime he's past this he's past that I don't agree with those people. I think this man can absolutely go and he's asked and Robbie Eagles is someone that I think hasn't really fully shown himself in New Japan yet. He's not Mikey Nichols level, but he's definitely needs some warming up and I think this match was a great step in that warm up. There's one spot that audibly made me jump in a little awkward because I was at work while watching it, luckily on my lunch break, but still I kind of like jumped out of my chair a little bit was uh the idea that Robbie Eagles had was he was working Rocky Romero's leg the whole time. And at one point, he does a stomp to his leg, jumps to the top rope, and then does a 450 right onto his leg and just crushes his leg. And I did not, for some reason, I expected it to just be a regular 450, but the idea of the targeting the limb just added this extra level that I loved. And it is the, one of the more memorable moments in general of this tournament for me so far and then after that you had El Fantasmo versus Bandito and I mentioned before I love El Fantasmo I think El Fantasmo is genuinely underrated as a wrestler and I think this is going to be kind of the way that he's going to start to shine is through these New Japan shows and he came out into this match and looked fantastic from beginning to end he's doing this tightrope walking the moment of this match that really stood out for me is there is a time where they do it's an avalanche destroyer and then bandito gets up and hits him with another snap destroyer and it just it was so fast that it just absolutely stuck out in my brain that i genuinely could not believe what was happening when i was watching it it was it was great i was this is a match that i've kind of had circled and uh I've been really looking forward to. And it definitely lived up to pretty much every expectation I had. And uh, the next match that was good, it was Will Ospreay versus Bushi. I wasn't as high on it as other people were. And then this main event, I don't understand who made this the main event. I think Will Ospreay and Bushi was better than this. I'm not a big Taguchi guy. I think he does kind of show up on shows like this. But he just wasn't that good. I think it was, at best, an okay match of his. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to move on. It is the May 15th show. And that was. That, that show was yesterday. And I watched this show for the first time this morning. And I think this show started off hot and just kind of kept going from there. I think only one of these matches was a miss. And that shouldn't be too shocking, kind of based on what I've said from before this. But the first match that. Absolutely knocked it out of the park, and this is another one that when I first saw this announced, I had this circle. This was a match that I was waiting for, and this was Jonathan Gresham versus Takamichinoku. And this was just a masterclass of grappling. You saw Jonathan Gresham just doing these smooth, clean transitions. Taka just keeping up at every bit, and then the surprising part is that Gresham actually catches Taka and gets him to tap, which I wasn't ready for, especially you see Taka with all the stuff all over him, says just tap out everywhere, and then watching him tap out added a little bit of funniness to it, but I think Jonathan Gresham so far, I didn't like his first match, which was on the 13th show with Marty Skrull. It was okay at best. I thought it went a little long, but this match was definitely on the right trend for him, and he's looked good in both. I think Scroll was kind of the one that weighed down that other match. Uh, your next match was Tiger Mask versus Kanemaru. Every time you see Tiger Mask, and every time pretty much you see Kanemaru, I think these matches get kind of looked down on, or people think they're genuinely not going to be as good of matches as some of the others. I think both of these guys seem to kind of want to put a statement on in this tournament, and What I loved about this one is is Kanemaru always starts off the match attacking whoever it is, but instead Tiger Mask got in the ring and just attacked Kanemaru right away and kind of took that little level of suspense away from him. And from there, it just kind of picked up and it turned into this really great methodical match back and forth that was genuinely enjoyable. And then the next match, this so far is my favorite match of the tournament. I realize that it's going to be kind of a spice pick. I don't think too many people are going to also have this one. But I loved this match. And it was Titan versus Shingo. And I think the reason I love this match so much is Shingo is used to that fast-paced style. He's used to that kind of mix of Japanese wrestling and lucha that Dragon Gate brings you, and he really let Titan shine. Shingo has not lost a match, spoilers, didn't lose this one either. But he let Titan look really good in this match. He had a lot of his own offense. He was flying around. There was a lot of clean transitions. I think the pin breakup they did that where Titan was getting those pins with this weird cramble uh, cradle combination throughout this the undercard shows and then he almost got Shingo, but Shingo just ducked. The other spot that absolutely got me going crazy was Shingo goes for a pumping bomber, and Titan just matrix dodges it backwards, turns, and super kicks him. It was such a cool little bit to add in, and I loved that the way that Shingo is being used in New Japan. He is this monster, he is beating everyone, but he's making everyone look so good, and that's the best part you have this absolute great wrestler in him who his dragon gate matches that i watched later so don't get me wrong i didn't watch at the time but they still hold up and he is showing why he is a top wrestler and he made titan look amazing this is the match if you're going to if you're listening and you're you only want to watch one match out of this you, both of shingo's matches are the ones to look out a lot of people are going to tell you show versus him I think the one with Titán is the way to go just because you get that extra bit and you get to see a wrestler like Titán just have a great match that he doesn't always get to have because CMLL puts him in a lot of those trios matches with two out of three falls or a little slower. I feel like he doesn't get to show off as much. And to me, this was a showcase match for him where I'm hoping to see more singles matches from him, which we're going to get in this tournament. So I'm super excited about that. But I hope we see it in more places. I hope Ring of Honor kind of sees it and notices, hey, maybe we should use this guy a little bit more. And there's, I only see upsides for him here. Uh, the semi-main of this show, whew, this is the second Marty Skrull match I haven't liked pretty much at all. I, I genuinely don't know what was going on with this match. It was a car crash, but in a bad way. It just seemed like they were both off... Each other's page and everything was going wrong. And Taji just, they just both didn't seem great. But also, I will say, these are two wrestlers I'm a little bit down on. Even though I do think Marty Scroll had that great match with Nick Aldis in this tournament so far, it's only two matches. He's kind of been whatever. And again, I don't like Taji Ishimori, but I love Jonathan Gresham. And I even thought that match didn't really work. So I don't know what's going on with him. I hope he kind of picks it up. But it's going to be really hard to get me excited for another one of his matches. And then after that was Dragon Lee versus Show, And this is the main event. I said I'm not going to talk too much about main events because for the most part, if you see a main event, Best of the Super Juniors, watch it. I think this is another great example of it. Dragon Lee and Sho have great chemistry. This match was a little long. I think there was a couple moments where, I don't know, it's a couple cell phone moments where you're checking your phone. But for the most part, this was a really good match. And like I said, I didn't watch the May 16th show yet. I really want to watch that because a couple of those matches look great. I'm gonna try to probably do that after I record this to be honest with you. Um, but the one thing I want to get into, and I wish this is one I wish Travis was here for, but you know, we're doing a solo show, so we just gotta kind of roll with the punches. I've loved Caprice Coleman as the announcer on these, for all of the reasons that I absolutely hate Jim Cornette on that NWA show. Jim Cornette on that NWA show seemed like your drunk uncle that wanted to make fun of what you were watching the entire time. Caprice Coleman seems like that cool uncle that used to watch wrestling and is... just kind of wants to tell you that he's seen stuff before or that he kind of knows the people and it adds like a little bit of charm to it. You can hear in his voice that he's just excited to be there and he, I mean, he's even said it a couple times, but it's just added this like extra niceness to it that I've thoroughly enjoyed and I hope they use him a little bit more Not that I really dislike anyone they've used, but I know they're not really going to be using Excalibur because of the whole AEW thing with him. So I think Caprice is a great person to slide in there because he's excited to talk about it. He's excited about the matches. You can hear not only genuine reactions from him, but he adds nice things, especially about the wrestlers from ROH that you know, people might not add in or his closeness with Jonathan Gresham kind of helps him add a couple more cool things in. But yeah, I just, he's killing it in commentary. I hope he does more than just his best of the super juniors with them. Him and Kevin Kelly are great. It's great chemistry. Like I said, he's just happy to be there and anything that doesn't have Jim Cornette on commentary, I'm pretty genuinely excited about. So I definitely can't complain too much. And before we leave New Japan, and I really only have one other match to talk about with this, I want to bring up something that I actually said to Travis, and I think there's still a possibility of. So there's been all these vignettes of someone who's in a leather jacket with a Union Jack on it, and it looks like they're coming in to wrestle Juice Robinson. Now everyone has been saying Chris Brooks, which I... I understand, or the great Okarn coming because he hasn't wrestled from over there. I want to throw a wild card out here. There's one other person I can think of who wears leather jackets, has wrestled a whole bunch of New Japan wrestlers, has a lot of history with Juice, and wrestles for RevPro. And that's David Starr. I don't see a reason why David Starr isn't with the company. And I get that people could say, oh, well, you know, he wrestles cruiserweight for Rev Pro, or, you know, they might see him as a cruiserweight, but I just think they could bring him in as a heavyweight and it wouldn't be a big deal because if you look it up, he's wrestled against Ishii. He's wrestled against Juice. His One of his biggest feuds in Europe is against Walter, so he is a guy who wrestles bigger guys anyways, and I think you could use that. My big thing with it is I just don't understand why you would have Chris Brooks. I don't think Chris Brooks is... Oh, good enough wrestler, or I don't want to say that. Chris Brooks is a good wrestler, but they have people who do that in New Japan already. So why bring in someone like that when you can get someone like David Starr, who's a different guy. He's great at promos. His matches are all great. And he genuinely seems like someone who would thrive in the New Japan market with more eyes on him. He's probably one of the best independent wrestlers going right now so I think you would be crazy to not bring him in and I still think it does line up I know the hourglass part doesn't really fit into it but it also doesn't fit into Chris Brooks so I mostly just wanted to get that down on recording because if it is David Starr I want everyone to know I'm a genius and they're all stupid anyways <laughs> we're gonna get into our last match here and I know Travis did watch this one too but again We're rolling with the punches this week. That man had to move to Philly, so we're just going to go with it. And this match is RSP versus Eric Ryan from Uncharted Territory, Episode 6. And I know Episode 7 was yesterday, which was 5.15. Unfortunately, I was busy yesterday and I couldn't watch it. It's the first one I haven't watched live. A little bit bummed about it, but we'll make do. We'll get by. And uh, so... RSP vs. Eric Ryan was advertised as a deathmatch, and when this match started, I'm not going to lie to you, I was a little bit bummed. I know a lot of places aren't cool with glass and they're not cool with light tubes. To me, that kind of signifies a death match. When I see glass or I see some tubes, I know I'm about to watch an ultraviolet match and I get excited. So when I saw those things not there, I mean, we've documented kind of our feelings about RSP, I really didn't know what to think. I was like, this is going to kind of be an ab- a kind of weak match. But you know what? I enjoy Beyond. I enjoy Uncharted territory. Let's watch this and let's have some fun. I think within the first 30 seconds of this match, I was completely over the fact that there was no glass and no light tubes. It absolutely was a death match. It got violent. There was blood. There were some crazy things to use. Eric Ryan really likes to use forks. uh, That showed in this match versus there was a fork, it was like a fork board propped against the side. You also at one point had a shopping cart with just forks sticking up in it. So if we're going to go through, what I like to talk about is just a couple memorable spots, but again, just go watch this. Like This is something that is pretty accessible and I think it is well worth going out of your way to watch. But At one point, Eric Ryan pulls out a syringe and just puts it through RSP's mouth, and you're like, oh, that's gross. Wow, it's a syringe spot. I can't believe they did it. And then he grabs another one and jams it through the other side, so it's two kind of crisscrossing his mouth with an X, and it was something else. It kind of showed, it was like the spot in the match where I was like, oh, this is going to go to that next level. This is going to be a weird match. And RSP did this kind of newer thing he's been putting into his matches that I love um we talked about it during his Takeda match but what he does is he does a suplex but instead of just finishing it by falling he literally tosses someone and in this match there was a fork the forkboard I was talking about is against the side and he just whips him into this fork board, and it's so quick and it's crazy and it was also at another point that shopping cart with the forks comes out and there's a big avalanche power bomb dead into the forks and it was just it's a brutal match. I really enjoyed myself with it and again we've talked about it. I'm gonna keep talking about it. Watch Beyond, sign up for the service that has it. I think it's called what is it, is it Independent Wrestling TV? It's it's changed name. Yeah, it's independent wrestling TV. Sign up, they have a bunch of cool stuff. Um I've been trying to get back into Jakara, because I think people undervalue that company a lot, and I enjoyed that. That was over the weekend. They did the Infinity Gauntlet, which lined up for a mask versus mask match, which is Dasher Hatfield versus Boomer Hatfield, which I hope ends up on this, because it was really fun, and I enjoyed it. Not enough to really say go out of your way and watch it yet, but I think it's... I'm excited for the future of Jakara. They have some young wrestlers. And I think it's going to work in their favor that they're going to end up being a cooler company. Anyways, that's all the wrestling talk for the week. So what we're going to do is I'm going to go and keep our vegan section alive. So if you're not vegan or you hate vegans for some dumb reason, this is probably the time for you to tune out. And like I said, next week we'll be back to our regular length with Travis talking over me. So you can definitely enjoy that. And even this vegan section, to be honest with you, is going to be a little shorter. Um, It was last minute we decided to do this solo episode. I kind of had the idea, but I was like, yeah, I'm not 100% sure what we should do. And I want to keep everything short here, so I want to just kind of get to the nuts and bolts of everything. And what I want to talk about is I think Beyond Burgers are the most overrated vegan burger They smell weird, they taste kind of funny, and I don't understand why people hype them up so much, and the unfortunate part was, I feel like they were the only option for me to be able to buy and make my own burgers for a while, but this week, I happened to be at Publix, and I was looking through the normal, what's new, do we have anything cool in the vegan section, and I saw that Dr. Bronner's has these 28 gram of protein new burgers, and I've had other Dr. Browners burgers and other items, and they're just, I don't know, I'm a pretty healthy guy, but i they taste too healthy, their macros aren't super, super great, and I always felt like I wanted kind of more, but when I saw these, I was pretty excited because they were about 220 calories, 28 grams of protein, only, I think it's like 10 or 11 grams of fat, so overall, and the sodium was pretty low too, so overall, I was pretty excited off the jump but assuming they weren't going to taste very good. But I bought them anyways. They're 5 bucks a box at uh, My Publix in Florida, which also sells Beyond Burgers, but they're like $5.89 for two of them, so tiny bit cheaper. And I got uh, some ciabatta rolls, which are vegan at Publix. If you're ever curious, uh, the ciabatta rolls they have over in the bakery happen to be vegan. So I got the, some ciabatta rolls, cut them up, toasted them, did a little tomato, onion, relish and then I use some Carolina barbecue sauce and I just pan fried these burgers a little seasoning over the top and I have to tell you these are my favorite vegan burger I think they taste better than the impossible burger and that I know is something that is going to piss people off but I got to tell it how it is they taste they have the texture and kind of the feel of that like beyond or impossible burger but it tastes like a veggie burger and so I like that I'm over things. I don't really need things to taste like a meat to me. I'm not super interested in that. I want something that tastes good and it had this really good hint of garlic to it. It just overall was super, super tasty. And I, I'm i recording this right now and I am leaving here when I finish recording this to go buy another box of them to make more burgers for myself tonight for dinner. And that was, I had those a couple days ago. I think there are some of the best burgers out there right now and it's such a cool time to be vegan i mean people really tend to see it and i think it's one of those things that is just kind of working towards such cool alternatives and they weren't there when i fir- when i even first moved over what like coming up on like four years I've been vegan and th- all these alternatives weren't even here then I mean hell Burger King only two and a half hours for me has an impossible whopper I think it's coming closer soon hopefully but it's it's such a cool easy time to be vegan and again if you've somehow made it this far and you're still listening to it I I say give it a chance man if you're interested at all what do you have to lose the only thing you can do is you can help some animal lives and Isn't that great? Even if you do it one day, didn't you help something? Didn't you do something different? And I don't know. I don't want to ramble about why you should go vegan, although anyone listening to this should. But I am going to wrap this episode up. It looks like we're going to be right around that 40-minute mark. I hope this episode is good. Um, I hope you guys listen, enjoy, email us over, tell us what you think, tweet at us and tell us what you think. And as always, that intro song that you heard was It's actually different this week, that's right. Um, It is actually, normally what we do is, our intro song is The Herd by The Flex, but what I'm going to do this week, because this is a special solo show, and I want to have that different feel, is I put Thick Skin by Stop and Think, because I think that is the ultimate song for a podcast, because i love the fact that it just starts it off with saying i'm sorry if you think speaking my mind is talking shit because i'm always gonna speak my mind and i'm always talking shit i hope you guys have a great week and look forward to uh, talking to travis next week and going over some more wrestling wrestling rocks have a good week y'all